Welcome to the So Much More Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Amy. We've been married for almost 24 years. We have four kids. We live in the Dominican Republic. We're missionaries. We're both educators, have pastored together. And love mentoring others. Oh, and we love sharing our story. Join us for this real talk about how to get more out of this thing called life. Well, hey, welcome to episode 12 of the So Much More podcast, Missionaries of the Caribbean. So if you listen to episode 11, this was an episode where we've interviewed our adult kids and the adult children of Jackie Camacho, who, by the way, if you didn't listen to episode 7, was our first missionary friend we interviewed. So go back and listen to episode 7. So we ran out of time last time, so this is kind of like part 2 of kids of the missionaries of the Caribbean. And so we're so excited this time to welcome Anthony and Amber Camacho, brother and sister, son and daughter of Jackie. And we've gotten to know these guys so well over the last few years. First met them with Jackie at church a few years back and got to come on our first mission trip here in the DR with both of them and Jackie, of course and serve together. Anthony has then been with us every summer since as we've come down here. Amber and Jackie came a couple of times as well. And of course, now Jackie lives here on staff with us in the DR. Anthony and Amber are amazing adult kiddos. I'm going to say adult kiddos. They're they're her kiddos, but they're adults. And so they're friends of ours as well. And such an encouragement to us. They've been such big supporters of their mom through this whole process. And so we wanted to let you hear from them. What was their take on their experiences in missions, their experience here, watching their mom go through the process of making her decision to become a full-time missionary. So you're going to love what they have to say. Amber is amazing, graduated from Texas A&M University, currently works at River Point Church, which is the church that we were part of before we moved here as well. And she's on staff there in the missions department, coincidentally, which is great. Uh, loves doing that job, loves serving the community there locally in Fort Bend County, Texas, as well as connecting people to international mission trips like this. Uh, Anthony is a junior this fall at Texas A&M University himself, and again, has been it's been such a great blessing for us, our family, to get to know Anthony and Amber. So you're going to love to hear their story. Uh, I know you're going to be encouraged by it. We want to welcome in Anthony and Amber. Welcome, Amber and Anthony. We're so glad that you could join us. Thank you. Thank you. When we interviewed your mom, one of the things that we kept coming back to is this idea that her decision to leave and to change her entire life to move here impacted two adult children at home. And it got Scott and I thinking about our own kids and really wanting to share with other people your perspective, the hard stuff, but also just like your perspective and what you've learned by watching your mom do this. So I want to start back when you think about you were younger and your mom's raising you. What is it that she taught you about obedience? Like what did that look like inside your home? Right. So it's funny because just last week or the week before me and Anthony were sitting down and having a conversation about some things that some kids have done that we've heard about or gotten in trouble for. And I was like, 
Anthony, what do you think mom would have done if we had done this or that and going through these different scenarios? And we kept the conversation going and he finally just looked at me and he was like, Amber, we would have never done that. Like we just knew better. So I don't necessarily remember the words she chose or, you know, whenever she was teaching us these lessons, but I mean, you guys know she means business and we just were taught at a young age to respect adults and respect authority. And we just, aside from this, you know, little teenager things that everyone does, we just knew better than to, you know, disobey in big ways. I don't know what it was, but she made it clear right from wrong and made it clear to like, always respect your elders, everyone treat people how you want to be treated. And um, for sure, let us know when we did wrong and when we did right and just guided us along the way. And yeah, you did a very good job. It's one of my favorite things about your mom. Like there's no games. What she says is what she She's means. Scary. It's but it's easy to be in relationship with because there's no games. Say she was scary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's I no guessing see- with her. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess I don't know her as your mom. I mean, I know her as your mom, but she wasn't my mom. (laughs) So I guess she could be scary. Okay, so I have an image of your mom as like the mom and the one who's teaching you about obedience. But then I want to bounce forward some. And I want you to just share a little bit about what your international mission experience looked like. Like, how old were you when you first went on trip? Maybe where you visited? And even if there's something about, like, as if you could think back as a child or a teenager, what is it you remember about those first experiences? Yeah, so with me, my first international mission trip was in 2016, and it was actually to the Dominican Republic. Prior to that, I did, like, missions locally, but my first international one was to the Dominican Republic, and since then, we've gone back three times. Um, So that was... I was the age of 16, and looking back now, even though it wasn't so long ago, but looking back, like it was like one of the best decisions I ever made. And like, at a young age, put things like into perspective, like how blessed we truly are. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to start international missions in seventh grade with the youth group, and we went to Mexico, and that first trip just was completely life-changing and I made the decision to continue missions you know as much as I could from then on out and throughout high school and college had the opportunity to go to Africa and Nicaragua and the DR obviously post-college and I truly believe that it's an experience that everyone needs to have at some point in their lives Um, my mom is a perfect example my graduation gift from college was to go to Nicaragua with me on a living water trip and she had never been and that changed her and she knew at that point that she wanted to bring Anthony along with us and he had never been on a trip internationally so we all as a family went to the DR with the Dentons and now she's living there so that says something I think it's important to note that you both also um, didn't just come in the summer here. I mean, Anthony, you spent months this last summer. And Amber, you've been back I mean, for a while. It seemed like you were coming every other month almost. But that you've just frequented this place a lot. Oh, yeah. We're bought in. Most definitely. We love the DR. That's my yeah. favorite place. 
Yeah, I remember your mom's story as she shared it, what you just talked about, your graduation gift. And, you know, I think it's interesting because we here in the DR, obviously, with groups coming from the U.S., you know, normally now in the middle of this COVID thing, uh, as we've talked about on the episodes, we haven't had group members come and most of our summer teams have canceled. But normally we have a lot of people here and a lot of those folks are teenagers or college age kids and and they get to come experience something and a lot of times their parents never have uh, and it's great to listen to those stories and kind of watch what the impact will be like in your case amber you had a chance to do it first you went back and the excitement of what you experienced you know spilled over into your mom's life and she had a chance to experience it with you so i think that's just part of the way god works sometimes you know it's it almost feels like sort of backwards, right? Because the kid experiences something first, but that has such an impact on parents, and it has an impact had an impact on your mom, obviously, that she has gotten involved. And so, anyway, credit to you for jumping in way back in seventh grade and choosing to go. And then the contagious nature of what you got to do um, has put your mom in a position to be here with us. So, thanks for doing that, and thanks for coming and serving. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome. 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 Okay. Question for both of you guys. In your mom's story, as she's shared, you guys came in 2016, 2017. She did not come back. Anthony, you were here uh, with our team, but without Amber and without your mom. The next year, you're all back together. And it was in that season for her that she, as she tells the story, that she really felt like God was leading her here on the plane on that trip in 2018. She was like, man, I'm just going to be open to what God may have for me. So you've been here a couple of times with her. You've served with her. Now she goes back from the trip fall of 2018 and she says, hey, I think I'm going to move to the DR. What was your initial reaction to that? And then as time went on, how have you like, what does that mean to you? What do you think about her decision and how has it impacted you? We have been supportive from the very beginning with her decision. That was something, I mean, we were the first people she consulted with. It's always been the three of us. And of course we miss her being here physically, but we are just so proud that she was able to, as a single mom, make a decision between her and God to follow his path for her life and move across seas away from her kids and away from everything she knew and learn a language and a culture and just take that leap of faith. It's really inspiring. I mean, I just tell people that all the time. I'm like, I'm just so proud of her. I don't know what else to say. Like, and we get to visit. So that's an extra bonus. Yeah, definitely. I'll never forget like the day when she came up to us and asked us like, what, what would you guys think if I moved to the DR? And like, without a doubt, like my first thought was like, do it. Like, go for it. That'd be so awesome and so cool to like experience that like in the, this like stage of her life and like, just like Amber said, just follow God's plan. Um, and I'm like so proud of her, like for being so brave because that could be so, that can be a hard decision to make. And yeah, it's awesome. We get to visit. She gets to like serve God. It's just awesome. So proud of her. Hey Amber, I don't know if you remember, we, when you were here that summer, Man, we were, Amy and I both were just putting a lot of pressure on you. We're like, hey, wouldn't this be fun to come live down here? Like, we we got a job for you. And and I knew that she was 
thinking about it too, but you and uh, you and I and Amy talked a lot about it. And we got home, we set up a coffee meeting at a coffee shop and none of us even drank coffee. And at that point I was trying to, I think I was working harder to try to convince you to do this. And she was like, yeah, I'm already in, like I'm ready. And it was mostly a conversation you and I had because she had already made up her mind and you knew that you guys knew that already. So I think it's great that you've seen that process in her mind. And she shared the same, that it was something that she talked about with you guys initially, that you guys have been, it's been the three of you and you, you know, have, have lived life together. And she tried to loop you in uh, to a lot of decisions that was made uh, for the family's sake. And, and it's great. You got to be part of this and I'm, I know you're super proud of her. Yeah, we are. And just to come back to what you said, I have thought about that conversation and y'all orchestrating, you know, different things for me to be there. And I've thought about that so many times. I'm like, isn't it funny how God works? Like maybe I was just a tool to get her to where she is today. And I don't know, it always play, replays in my mind too. Well, we're not going to let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> like, okay, well, you did your job, Amber. So forget the idea of moving yeah. here. We're still working on that. <laughs> I should have expected that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was telling your mom the other day, we were at her apartment. I was like, so you're going to keep this apartment forever. And one day, like Amber and Anthony will bring their families here and grandkids. And you guys will spend like half the year here. I have it like all worked up. I love that. That's awesome. Forward thinking, you know? Okay, so when I think about everything you just said, and I'm thinking about if I was a parent, not even a parent who's going overseas, but just a parent who is trying to make a decision or take steps of obedience and whatever that looks like, whatever God's calling them into, I'm curious as to know, like, as a child watching your mom take steps of obedience, which is what she did, what or how has that impacted, like, how you will take steps of obedience from like this point forward yeah it's it's really inspiring i mean like we've mentioned um i think she touched on it in her story as well but once she started taking those little steps forward everything just fell into place and it just advanced her forward just a little more a little more to getting there to the dr and serving as a missionary and it's it's been incredible i mean it really it grows your faith it grows your prayer life i mean we're not there physically we're across an ocean there's nothing we can do if she were to need us and so we just trust in god like we always should anyway and i mean she's in his hands and so it just really tests you and just is a constant reminder that you know we can trust in God. He's got her. And I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Like what Amber's saying, like at first it could be like, whoa, but then you think about it and you're like, yes, trust in the Lord as we always should. And uh, seeing someone obey and be that obedient is inspiring for me personally to like look up to my mom being that obedient and like, wow, like that, that's how it, it should be. That's how you should be. Trust the Lord. He'll guide you and he'll lead you along the path that he wants you to go down. And you just have, it's your job to obey and listen. Yeah, I think you're right. I think 
seeing your mom take these steps of obedience after devoting so much of her life to raising you guys and supporting you and and being through a lot as a single mom. That's a job I would never want and really could never have being a single mom, but <laughs> being a single parent is is difficult. And now she's at a point in her life where she's able to do this and and really follow where the Lord has led her. And to have you guys behind her, supporting her, praying for her, and I mean, it's got to be such a great encouragement to her. I'm curious, though. I know you're both adults. Anthony, you're in college. Amber, you're an independent adult. But your mom is not as close as she's been your entire life. It's, yeah, you can jump on a plane and come visit, but it's not the same. So with her being gone here now, you know, over a year or so, what has been a hard part of that? What has been, has there been a situation that's come up, something in your own personal life or just things that you like normally would say, man, I'm going to go by and see mom and talk to mom, but she's not there. So can you share an example of how it's been tough? Cause we've got kids and that we've left at home as well. And we say, Hey, how are things going? And it's always like, Oh, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. But there's still that disconnect between man, my parents aren't here. So give me, give us an example of something, a situation where, man, I wish mom had been here for that. Um, and I know you kind of get through it, but What's something that's happened like that for you guys? Right. So I will say, usually I am fine. Like for 90% of the time, all good gravy. We love what she's doing. This is the most plain (laughs) example, but it's the first thing that popped to mind because it's just true and accurate. But mom always had an open door policy at her house. Everyone could come in and out as they please, and everyone sees her as their second mom to some extent. And so I remember vividly one Sunday, I think it was the Sunday afternoon, I was sitting at my house and I was like, dang, I wish I could go over to mom's house, sit on the couch and watch TV with her. She's probably going to be cooking something right now and just hang out. Because that's what we always did. I mean, I would just pop over to her house at any point, whenever I wanted to. And that's when I was like, oof, I can't do that. She does not live here. And I was like kind of sad for a little bit and kind of didn't want to tell her because I felt bad for being sad about it. I still don't think I've told her that story. But I was like, I miss just going over to mom's house on a Sunday afternoon or after work, after a long day, and just knowing that she's going to have food on the table for me and be there to hang out with and just talk to. Yeah. And for me, like I've had moments like what Amber just said, like where it would be random out of the blue where I'd be like, wow, I, I wish I was at mom's house. Like that's, I'd miss that, but you know, you get through it, but especially with me going to and from college, I'll have to say like coming back home and not going to her house. It was hard. Uh, it was different, but I got I got through it, and the new normal was going to my grandma's house, and that's perfectly great too. But I'd have to say that would be the most. That was the most challenging, getting used to, not coming to her house when I was coming back home from school. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. I mean, as a college student, it's like, man, I'm going to go home for the weekend, and when your mom sold the house, packed up, and moved down here, your you know, your home in some ways is here because this is where mom's at. 
and you're filling in the gap with grandma. I know you enjoy being with grandma and you've been spending time with friends, but even in the midst of this coronavirus thing, when, you know, universities are closed and the dorms are shut down and everybody's sent home, like quote unquote home. And for you, um, that's been a different experience because, you know, you went from being with mom, living with mom to college experience and not having the normal home to go back to. So I imagine it's been tough and you're a tough guy. I know you've gotten through it, but um, I just was curious about your perspective on that. It's, it's changed for sure. Okay. I got two questions left. I mean, until I come up with more, but the one I want to know is if you were to get advice to young moms and dads, so we're talking little kids, even grade school, middle school, I want you to appeal to them or tell them why you think it's important for them to take and include their children with international missions or with missionaries. Like from your perspective, why is it important? For me, going on my first international mission when I was like 16, I would have to say like, I would strongly encourage families for the DR or missions in general, just by the main thing of like putting it in perspective how yet we have more we may have more than them, but they are so happy and content with what they have and perfectly fine. And just seeing the perspective and how blessed we truly are, how we can take things for granted that we shouldn't take for granted. Yeah. I mean, all of that is so on point. I remember going on mission trips in middle school. I'll never forget. And coming home and saying, I'm never getting my nails done again going on trips and experiencing missions and seeing poverty and just witnessing that especially at a young age is so eye-opening when you're living in this world where it revolves around you and i'm in a bubble and nothing can stop me it's it's just amazing to see how fortunate we are yet like anthony said their hearts are so full like god has given them absolutely everything that they need it's just in our eyes, we can be materialistic in the States. And just to break that down, it's really powerful. It's one of the reasons we wanted to include you and Anthony in this interview and interview Jake and Emma Grace is because we've seen the adults that you've become and your compassion and your worldview. And I think that it was largely shaped by your faith, of course but largely shaped by your experiences that you had going to new cultures. And I want moms and dads to know that it's possible and that it's doable and it's so important. And whatever that looks like, even if you can't jump on a plane and go to another country, there's ways to follow missionaries. There's ways to support your mom or to be part of the story and to learn more. And I just I want them to see it. Okay. You are both sponsors of Children's at Macarios. I kept thinking about this because we have two sponsor kids. So our kids are part of that. Like Jake and Emma, think of them as their kids too, right? But your family totally did it different. You guys all kind of took your own. And so I want you to just share with why you decided you wanted to sponsor a kid. And then just maybe how it's, impacted you as someone who sponsors a kid here? 
So I am the biggest advocate of sponsorship. I think it's been the best thing that I've ever done. Although I didn't even set out to sponsor a kid on that particular trip that I decided to, I had no intention of it, but I went and formed a relationship and it's been incredible. Um, like you said, we have each have our own spots completely bought into Wander and Medina, the two kids that I sponsor. And we love them so much. And it's not a distant relationship. That's what I love about Macario. So I'm not writing letters and sending them off and wondering if the kid received them or didn't. I'm speaking in, with the kids and seeing them when I visit. And that's the great thing about the program that is set into place. I am truly just so fortunate on my end to have that relationship as most would think that the kids are the fortunate ones, but really, I know that sounds cliche. I mean it with my whole heart. It's, it's been incredible. Those are my babies and I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, most definitely. Like Amber just said, like it's for the kid, but it changes your perspective and it, we're so blessed to be able to sponsor them. Um, and it's the best decision I've ever made. I sponsor Erickson and since the first trip, I created a, a strong bond with him. I couldn't sponsor him immediately, but a year later, I was fortunate to be able to take that role and sponsor him and build the connection and send him letters and write to him and he writes to me. And it's literally the best decision I've ever made. And Macarios does a wonderful job of sponsorships and keeping you in the loop and connected. Which, how cool is that? Like, Anthony, he's in college. He has a job, and he's using his own money for his sponsorship towards Erickson. And it's attainable. You know, it's a small sacrifice to pay to provide these kids with their basic needs. I sound like a Macario's commercial, but I really do love it. (laughs) I mean this all. That's all right. Keep going. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We've been able to see firsthand the impact that your relationships with those kids have been, uh, not only on their own lives because they've been able to continue to be part of Macarius, but obviously the impact it's had on you. And and every time you come, and man, you guys are so intentional of making time. And I know that's unique. I know that not every sponsor out there is going to ever have a chance to visit. We certainly invite that, but. Uh, you know, having a mom living here helps it make it a little bit easier for you guys. But I know those kids have been impacted by it. And I just so happened, I saw Erickson yesterday. I go by on my way to work sometimes to their, uh, they, his family owns a little store and I buy drinks for our, our team. And so he's been there the last couple of weeks and I just say hi to him. And, you know, he's getting to experience a connection and all of them are a connection with somebody who's you know, going to teach them new things and impact them in new ways. And so we're, you know, we're in a difficult time with just things going on in the world, things going on in the news in the U.S. and around the world when it comes to race relations and injustices. And we were just talking about this this week here and the way that even in this country, the disparity and the, the difficult relationships between historically between Dominicans and Haitians and and the, the struggles here and how kids that get to be part of Macarios because of sponsors like you guys are learning little by little. And it's a slow process to, to change the way we see others and view others and, and how our hearts feel about others. But 
that's part of what we're seeing as an impact too, is man, these kids are getting to have positive relationships with kids they might not hang out with on the streets or, or people from another community or another culture completely that, and I just, I don't have any room in my life for them, but now I'm in a situation where I have to, and, and they're learning not just the cycle of poverty being broken, but the cycle of, of racial uh, tension and issues that also gets broken because of the gospel and because people like you guys uh, sacrifice every month to make it happen. So thanks for doing that. And thanks for supporting uh, those kids as well. And I know you're your mom's biggest supporters. So thanks for supporting her and encouraging her. She's the best. Absolutely. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Thank you so much, Anthony and Amber, for sharing your perspective and what you have to say. Um, I hope you know that the Dittons are huge fans of all three of you. I kept, what was it? I was like, we need to like combine our last names and make this weird little family. And I kept saying they sound weird. And Amber's like, no, what was the name you said we should use? The nachos. With cheap cheese. Fake nachos with cheese. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. That's your favorite. It is. I love nachos. Coffee, nachos, and I'm a good girl. I just want to thank you. We love you guys so much, and you are supportive of your mom, yes, but we have felt supported as a family, and you love my girls very well, and we're so appreciative. Uh, both of you. We love you guys. Love Thank you, you so much. Thank yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We can't wait to see you. We hope in the next week or two, maybe you guys will be on a plane heading down here to visit. I know it's overdue, but we're looking forward to that. I know your mom is too. Thanks again for your time. Y'all take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye. I'm so excited that we got to hear from our kids and just to hear their perspective about not just obedience, but about international missions. Cause here's the truth is that there's so much more to obedience. Um, there's such a bigger impact that can be had when we just obey and walk into the path that God has, has laid out for us. And I think that it's not just for a chosen few. I think it's for, it's for all people. It's for all followers of Christ. We all can take steps of obedience. God has something planned for all of us. And so my challenge this week is for the moms and the dads. I want you guys to sit and to discuss and decide what do you want to teach your children about the world, other cultures, missions, and missionaries? Like together, decide what is it you want to teach them. And then create a list of intentional ways you can take action towards your goal or your goals. Write them out. Like, these are the things we can do. Maybe you're reading missionary books like Jenna talked about in her story about reading chapter books with her mom about missionaries and missions and what an impact that had on her life. Or maybe you plan a trip and you take them on an international mission trip just like we did with Jacob and Emma Grace and Scotty and Zoe. Or maybe you're like, you know what? We're going to start with serving at a food bank. We'll find one. Um, maybe you're going to say, you know what, we're going to support a missionary or a missionary family, and we're going to follow them on this journey, write it down. And if you have little kids, I cannot stress the value there is in you connecting them with a missionary kid on the field somewhere. 
And if you don't know of one, contact us and we will put you in contact with someone. Let them create a pen pal kind of relationship where they can share what's happening in the United States, but also what's happening in the DR so that kids know that no matter where they're located, kids are all the same. We just want to encourage you along your journey, your journey of obedience, that there is so much more than just halfway doing it. There's so much more that God wants for you, for your family, and for your journey together. Well, hey, we hope you have enjoyed this series, Missionaries of the Caribbean. That's it, folks. We finished. We had a great time talking to our friends and fellow missionaries here, plus the kids and their perspectives. We hope you've enjoyed it. Go back and catch up on some of the episodes if you missed any of them. Be sure to share them, comment, give us some feedback, give us a review. Um, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you anyway. You can email us at scott at so much more dot me. Reach out to us on social media. Give us some ideas on some next topics you'd like to hear us talk about. We love sharing our story and sharing perspectives. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in next time. God bless you.